Hi friends, welcome to the Front Porch Life podcast. I'm Rachel and I'm so glad you have joined me. My hope is that the Front Porch would be a place for you to rest, connect with other women through our stories, and refocus your attention on Jesus. So grab your coffee and join me on the porch. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Front Porch Life podcast. My name is Rachel, and I'm really excited that you decided to listen with us this week. Um, We are in the middle of a series that is called Flip the Script. So last week, we did an episode that was called Flip the Script, hashtag no housework. And it really talked about rest and about how we can take designated times of our day to practice self-care and to rest. Um, In my situation, this is happening when my girls are napping, but I had a friend the other day that she doesn't have kids yet, but she sent me a picture of herself on a walk um, when her husband was working. So All of these episodes can be applied to anyone in any stage of life, and that's my hope and my desire for these episodes. So this Flip the Script um, series that we're doing is all about taking narratives that we hear in society and flipping them with the purpose of giving ourselves more freedom, providing more um, self-care, modeling self-care to others, and just taking a closer look at the things that we hear and whether those are accurate or not. Um, So I'm really excited. This week, we are talking about C-sections. I have had one C-section myself. Um, I shared my birth story with Josie a few weeks back. That birth was not a C-section. And I have not shared my full birth story with my second daughter, Emmy, yet, but I guess I'm giving you a hint here. We had a C-section with her. Um, So I just want to talk about that today. And I've had quite a few friends recently that have had babies, and a couple of them ended up having a C-section too. And it was this moment of us talking about it and they didn't realize how many other women have gone through that as well. So this episode is for you, whether you have had a C-section, whether you have not, but you could in the future, um, or if you know someone that is pregnant and is possibly going to have a C-section, this is just a podcast where I hope that we can feel educated and we can um, support each other. So let's get started. So I'm going to start by talking in this episode about my experience with having a C-section and what that looked like for me and my thought process around it and just kind of um, the narratives that I was told. Um, So I will talk about this further when we do Emmy's birth story, but basically it came down to 
Um, I was at my 20 week appointment. We had done the anatomy scan and um, that was the only appointment that Mike was able to come with me to the, um, to the doctor's office because it was during COVID. And so the anatomy scan is like the big um, ultrasound where they look for all the body parts and do measurements. And if you don't know the gender, they can tell you the gender at that point. Um, but Mike was there with me and my doctor brought up the fact that, you know, I had had a fourth degree tear with Josie's birth, which is a vaginal birth. And she just offered that if I would want to do a C-section with Emmy, that I could, um, medically, you know, there's, um, not really a higher percentage of tearing if you've already had a third or fourth degree tear, but I mean, there's always the possibility that it could happen again. So they, um, she just said, you know, with patients that have had that kind of delivery the first time around, the second time around, I offer a C-section. Um, and I hadn't thought about doing a C-section before. Um, that had not crossed my mind, you know, in most cases I had just heard if, you know, something was going wrong in the birth, like if the baby was in distress or the baby was breached, that then they would go to like an emergency C-section. Um, but I hadn't considered that for myself. And truthfully, I feel like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself because the first experience with delivering Josie was pretty traumatic. And so in my mind, I was going into the second um, birth experience thinking like, I'm gonna redeem that situation and I'm going to, you know, push and be in all the best positions and all this stuff. And anyway, so she, she offered this to me and I said, well, let me think about it. And you know, we have plenty of time, I'll get back to you. Um, so I came home and I was kind of thinking about it. And I guess my first reaction was, well, you know, maybe I don't want to have the same experience that I had before because maybe that would just bring too much fear. Um, and then my second thought was, well, I don't really know what a C-section involves. So what I like to do is I like to research things. So I had been listening to a podcast that an OBGYN um, produced and she talks about different things that go on in pregnancy and childbirth. And so she had one on C-sections because she's an OBGYN. So she performs C-sections, but she also had had a couple C-sections herself. Um, so I listened to her podcast and it was very informative. It was very like, this is the process. This is what happens as the doctor. This is what I do. And so it gave me a very um, informative. She wasn't stating her opinion. It was just the facts like this is what C-section is. And as I listened to it, I just, um, you know, I was praying and just kind of mulling over this for a couple of days. I just started to feel like that was what felt best to me. And it felt like it would be best for my health. And I was still recovering um, because we got pregnant three months after having Josie. And so, you know, Josie was still only six months old as I'm having this conversation with my doctor. And me thinking about my body being able to 
um, deliver vaginally again with all of the um, like healing that my body was still going through just felt like too much. So anyway, I, I eventually felt like that was the right decision was to do a planned C-section and it was it allowed me to have a lot of acceptance of it because it was planned. I know a lot of women, um, they go into birth, you know, with this birth plan and, you know, they want to deliver vaginally and then something might happen where they have to go into an emergency C-section. And for those women, um, you know, they haven't thought about a C-section, so it can feel really traumatic. Um, and I, can totally relate to that. Like if you don't anticipate having a surgery because a C-section is an abdominal surgery, um, that could be terrifying, you know, to be going into an operating room if you're not mentally prepared for that. Um, so I totally, you know, see that side and have so much sympathy for that because that could be a very scary thing. So I was fortunate in that I knew you know, 20 weeks before I would give birth that I would be having a C-section, which gave me the time to research and to kind of wrap my head around it and, and learn about, um, you know, how to recover and, and what to expect in the operating room. And I got to talk to my doctor about preferences that we had in the operating room. And so that really prepared me mentally, emotionally, um, and allowed me to have conversations with Mike about what that experience would be like. Um, but as I was going through that, and as we would talk to people, you know, we would say, well, her due date is, you know, November 23rd, but we're going to have a planned C-section on November 11th. You know, I would always get the question like, oh, like, did you have a C-section with Josie? Why, why are you having a C-section? And it kind of took me by surprise because it was um, like there was a negative connotation there. There was a, oh gosh, like why are you having a C-section, you know? And and at the time I wasn't super comfortable telling people like, oh, well, I had a fourth degree tear and it was really <laughs> uh, dramatic with Josie. Like, so it kind of felt awkward to tell them because she wasn't breached. Um, you know, there wasn't like a medical reason for Emmy in which I should have a C-section. So that kind of turned me on to the thought that there's a negative stigma around C-sections. Um, and another part of that was I didn't really know that many people that had had them. I knew a few people, but no one in my like inner circle or my friends had had a C-section at that point. And I just didn't really have anyone to talk to about that because, yeah, just no one really in my life either had said that they had had one or um, they, they just hadn't had one. Um, so that was part of it too. And I also just felt like there was this stigma in society that it was a failed birth. You know, like it wasn't part of the plan. Um, and I know a lot of women feel that way, as I said before, and I don't blame them. Like, you know, maybe you had to push. Like I had to push for three hours with Josie. And honestly, I'm surprised it didn't go to a C-section. But, 
you know, for a woman to have pushed and then to go to a C-section, like that can feel like quote unquote, a fail in their mind at the moment. I wouldn't, that's not true. Like that's not true at all because, you know, your baby was born, so it wasn't a failure. Um, but it can feel that way in the moment, or it can feel like that when someone talks about it. So anyway, I guess my whole point of this conversation today is just to talk about like what a C-section is, what is the process? What does it look like? in the operating room, um, what does the recovery look like? And then also to just change that stigma because, um, and I'll talk about this later, but I loved my C-section. I truly did. I mean, yes, it was a little, like it was scary and it was nerve wracking cause I'd never had a surgery before. And um, sure there were parts of me that felt like well, should I even be doing this? If I could have tried to have a vaginal birth, you know, those kinds of thoughts, but like, I just don't want any woman to feel less than because they had a C-section. And so today let's just talk about it and let's, um, shed some light on what that looks like and provide a place for people to be educated and to connect with each other. So that's, That's my plan for this podcast. So let's start by talking about what happens when you have a C-section. Now I'm coming at this from a planned C-section. So me going into the hospital, not in labor, knowing that this is the date and the time that we're going in to have a c-section i'm also not an OBGYN, and i know that every hospital does things slightly different but this was my experience and this is what i heard um, from other people when i researched this um so you know for us we had a specific time it was funny my doctor was like okay every day like we've got um, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 1 p.m., <laughs> and we just kind of picked it. Um, and so we ended up having the 1 p.m. slot, so I did have to fast or not eat after midnight the night before. Um, so, you know, overnight, you know, midnight snacks, um, and then I didn't have any breakfast prior. So, um, then we went into the hospital, we checked in at the same place where we checked in with Josie and they took us into, um, a hospital room that was more of like, um, like there was the bed there, but it wasn't a birthing room. It was a little bit smaller of a room and they, um, did the same thing. I got into the gown. They hooked me up to monitors. They took a blood and urine sample. And then we had to answer a bunch of questions, um, just health history, things like that. Um, so they kind of prepped me there and we did have to get there two hours prior to, um, when the surgery was actually scheduled for. So we got there at 11 and then, um, they uh, came in and 
uh, I met the anesthesiologist and she basically just introduced herself so that I would know who she was once we were in the operating room. And then they prepped me. So they um, cleaned and sterilized my belly so that everything would be clean for when they did the surgery. Um, and so then once we were ready, like my doctor came in ahead of time too, just to say hi and make sure I was feeling okay and all of that. But, um, pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> it was crazy to like be having small talk with the nurse and look at the clock and know that I was going to be having a baby in like 20 minutes. Um, and so once we were ready to go to the operating room, they had Mike go and sit in, um, like a waiting room and he put on, um, like a scrub hat, like a, you know, whatever those look like hair nuts or <laughs> what the doctors wear. Um, and he, it was COVID. So we did have to wear masks, but I think that he would have had to wear a mask regardless. And they had him put on like the paper scrubs kind of thing. Um, but he had to wait in the little waiting room and they just had me walk back to the operating room. You know, I thought maybe they'd roll the bed in or I'd be in a wheelchair, but they were like, come on. So <laughs> I walked back there and they had me sit up on the table and they got the spinal tap in, um, which is basically the same thing as if you were to get an epidural, except I'm pretty sure I'm saying this correctly. Like if you get an epidural, it's um, connected to you like the whole time when you're in labor and pushing and delivering your baby. But for a C-section, it's like one shot because they know that they only need it to work for a certain amount of time. Um, wasn't, wasn't bad. I mean, you feel that little pinch when they first start the epidural, but then after that, like it doesn't hurt. So I sat in there with the nurse, the anesthesiologist, they gave me my spinal tap and then they laid me down on the operating table and, um, I did have my arms out. It's like almost like a T table that you're laying on. So your arms are stretched out. Like felt like I was Jesus. Um, <laughs> but they didn't tie my arms down. I know that sometimes I've heard people say they tie their arms down just so, you know, you don't bump something, but that wasn't the case. And then it was really casual. I mean, course I'm so nervous because I've never had something like this before. I've never even broken a bone or gotten stitches. <laughs> um, but you know, the nurses would come in and the doctor came in and they were just talking about their weekends and, you know, it was pretty relaxed and almost felt like too casual for me. Um, but eventually they let Mike come in and Mike was able to sit next to me and, um, the, the, I guess it was a pediatrician or the nurse for Emmy was there as well. And so she was set up behind me and had the little baby warmer where the baby goes right after they're born. So anyway, when they were ready to start the surgery, my doctor was there and she was great. I mean, she just would kind of just talk to me and um, made me feel really comfortable. And it was about, I would say 20 minutes between when they started the surgery and when Emmy was born. So it was like one o'clock we started, Emmy was born at 1.23 PM. Um, so that is like a little nerve wracking because you're sitting there, you know that they've started the surgery, but you know, they haven't like 
holds the baby out yet. Um, so I feel like that part was, I guess, the hardest in that you're waiting. Like, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, is it is it time? Is it not time? Um, I didn't feel any pain. Um, I did feel pressure. Just felt like, you know, just kind of like pressing on me. Like I could definitely feel that, but it wasn't like I could feel specific you know, touch or any pain at all. Um, and they have a sheet up. Um, some hospitals, I think, do clear sheets if you wanted to watch. Um, they, I didn't ask for that. I didn't want to have that. So I don't know if they would have or not, but it was just a blue sheet. And then, I mean, it was so cool. Like the anesthesiologist was sitting behind me and she was so nice. And she would kind of tell me like, okay, like, you know, we're, we're getting close. Like she would just kind of say that sort of thing to me. And then, um, right before they like pulled me out, they said, okay, you're going to feel one more like push, like a lot of pressure. And I've actually heard people say before that, you know, sometimes you can feel like, well, I'm not really giving birth cause I'm not doing anything. And that is such a lie such a lie. Like this is birth. Like, please don't say that it was just a surgery. Like this was birth, but that final push when they are about to take the baby out, I've heard people say like, that's your, like you're pushing, like that's your body giving birth. That's your body pushing your baby out. So I felt this like really intense, like just pressure for probably like, I don't know, five seconds. And then they lift Emmy out and you can hear her starting to cry. And it was just, I mean, I immediately started crying. It was just such a cool experience. Um, just so neat to like be able to just hear her and just see her immediately. They like, um, lifted her up so that we could see her really quick before they cut the umbilical cord. And then right after she was born, they had to, um, actually what they did was they did, um, a delayed clamping, which is, um, kind of a new thing, I guess, but that there, it gives them a little bit more time to be attached to the umbilical cord to get some of those final nutrients. So they held her up for like, I think it was a minute and the doctor was counting and then she's like, okay, we can clip the <laughs> umbilical cord. And then they um, let me see her for a second, but they did immediately put her on the warmer behind me just to wipe her off and measure her and just make sure everything's okay. And they had told me that at, like, my doctor had said, you know, we will give her to you like three minutes after she's been born, but we will take her, um, to that tray just really quick, just to make sure everything's good. But they, um, you know, wiped her off, made sure she was okay, breathing. Okay. All of that. And Mike was able to be with Emmy and it was right behind my head. I mean, I could have probably touched her if I wanted to. Um, so I could hear her and Mike was able to see her and that was a very special moment. And then after they had done that, they let her um, rest on my chest immediately after. And that was something I had asked for because I know that that skin to skin um, time immediately following birth is so important. And my doctor said, of course, like as long as everyone's healthy, like you can have her as soon as we wipe her off. So um, she got to just rest on my chest 
and we did uh, breastfeed while we were there, like in the operating room. So it was amazing. I mean, just to be able to hold her and see her just right there was, while they finished the surgery was amazing. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just keep saying it was so cool, but it was, it was so, so cool. Um, if you have never uh, followed uh, Sean Johnson, who was in the Olympics, a gymnast, and her husband, Andrew, they had a C-section of both of their kids. The first one was not planned, but their second was. And they're really good about doing like video blogs. And they did a whole 10 minute video blog of their process through um, having their son. And she had a C-section. So you can see just like, it's so beautiful just to see their faces and um, it was just a very joyful experience in the operating room with the doctors there and the nurses and I would really encourage you to watch that if you would like a visual. It's not gross. They don't show anything, <laughs> but it's very, very sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was it. And so they finished the surgery. I got to hold her the whole time. When they were done, they um, did like lift up the um, sheet that I was on and moved me into a rolling bed and they took us back to a recovery room and we just got to sit there for like an hour, hour and a half and hang out with Emmy and just enjoy her and love on her and just be in awe of her. And after, you know, an hour and a half, then they moved us to the recovery room and that was pretty much the same as it had been with Josie. I mean, just in postpartum and healing and the nurses were great um and yeah we'll go into all those other details but i just wanted to give you a picture of like what that process in the operating room looks like because i think it can sound super scary but i i just felt very present in the moment i wasn't loopy i wasn't drugged up i just was there and the nurses would talk to me and you know, they, they made me feel very, um, present and important in the room and that they were centering everything around me and, and Emmy. And it was a very cool experience. Um, I did want to just talk about the recovery after a C-section. Um, you know, I'm coming from having a fourth degree tear with Josie. So I feel like the pain was similar as far as intensity wise at the hospital, you know, I did have some wooziness, like when I would try to get up or dizziness and kind of felt lightheaded. But you know, part of that is you're, um, you've been in bed for a long time, you're trying to get up. And so there is pain. And, you know, I took the pain medication that they offered me. Um, but honestly, my recovery was so much faster after my C-section. I mean, I wasn't able to lift anything heavier than Emmy when I got home. And that was hard with Josie being home because I couldn't pick her up. But after two weeks, I went in for my appointment just to get checked and make sure everything was healing properly. And I felt great. I mean, I walked in by myself. I just, I felt great. Um, so recovery wise, I think it can sound scary because it is a surgery. And so I think that's something that, you know, they try and stress is like, 
you had abdominal surgery, so take it slow and take care of your body. But um, truthfully, I ended up buying, um, I ended up buying Kindred Bravely high-waisted underwear, which is specifically for C-sections because you don't want a waistline that's going to be hitting at your scar. And so when you buy this underwear, it's like higher up. And so it doesn't bother your scar at all. And I wore those a lot. And honestly, I still wear them because they're so dang comfortable. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, there, you still have, actually, this is something you probably didn't know. You still have the same bleeding that you do after you have a vaginal birth. And it's not because of your delivery. It's simply because you have all that tissue from being pregnant and like, and you're, you know, on the wall and like, I don't know all those terms, but <laughs> you still have all the same bleeding that you do. Um, and so what I ended up wearing was I bought, uh, depends like discreet women's they're purple depends. They're, they're actually kind of cute, but I ended up wearing those. Once I got home, I wore the mesh underwear and the big pads at the hospital. But once I got home, I wore those and I thought they were really comfortable and just easy and quick. Um, so I wore those, I wore the high-waisted Kindred Bravely, um, underwear with just like a pad. And then at the hospital, they give you an abdominal binder. And this isn't like, I mean, some people get abdominal binders because they want to try and get thin after they have a baby. That's not what this is for. Like this is to give your abdomen support. And what you do is you wrap it around your abdomen pretty tight, not too tight where it would be painful, but tight enough that you feel supported. And you actually pull it down like over your hips because your scar is pretty low. I wish I like you could see me because <laughs> I'm using my hands to show you, but your scar is pretty low. So you actually pull the binder down um, almost like a little bit over your butt and just like over your hips so that way the middle of the binder is hitting your scar so it's not like high up on your abdomen but a little bit lower but I wore that probably for a month um you don't have to wear it that long but it felt good to me it just felt like I was supported and that I was protecting my abdomen while it was healing and protecting my scar and I I felt really good wearing that I mean I just wore leggings and I'd like put the binder on and pull my leggings up over the binder and wear a flowy shirt and I felt great. So those are my tips for recovery and I sent those links to a couple of my friends recently and I'll include those in the show notes. So in case you're interested, um, you can use those. And then the other thing was I did um, use ice. I didn't ice in the hospital. I asked and they were kind of like, oh, you don't need to. But once I got home, I did just get like regular um, ice packs that you would use, like if you had a sore ankle or knee or something. And I would just put it on my scar and I would just put it on there for maybe 10, 15 minutes at a time and just do that a couple times a day. Um, and I noticed that really helped with pain and it helped with um, just uh, like inflammation. So yeah, those are like my recovery tips. Oh, and the other thing I almost forgot, this sounds weird, but you want to take gas pills in at the hospital and when you get home. And it sounds strange, but 
like when the nurses come to check on you, they'll ask you if you've passed gas and you want to because gas, like when you have an abdominal surgery like that, if gas is um, stuck or you're not passing gas, then it creates like this. I had really bad shoulder pain. It almost felt like it was my shoulder and upper back and it hurt so badly. I could hardly move it. And when I told the nurse, she was like, okay, like you need to be taking gas pills because when you have gas buildup, it affects your upper, um, shoulders and upper back, which is very bizarre. Um, but anyway, that's another tip. You want to take that. And probably I would say for maybe two weeks after you've given birth, just kind of take one in <laughs> every day or something like that to help you. Um, so I know that's a lot, but I just think, I guess the point of me talking about this is I don't want women to go into their birthing experience expecting it to go one way. It goes a different way and then they're totally blindsided. They don't know how to recover. They don't know what that recovery process looks like and they feel like they um, didn't get the experience they wanted. I just want us to remove that stigma and just to say like, yes, a C-section is a surgery, but I just don't think we should be calling it that. I think we should be calling it birth because it is like you are birthing a baby and I want women to go into it knowing that it could go a bunch of different ways and to be prepared. Like know in your head, okay, if I do have a C-section, this is what the recovery is going to look like. These are the things that I should maybe have in my Amazon cart to buy at the hospital in case I have a C-section, you know? And so that way you're not totally thrown off and, um, and you can just be prepared either way. And the last thing I wanted to say was I've heard a lot of people refer to C-sections now as belly birth. And I think that's really cool because a C-section like cesarean, that's a very medical term. Um, it does give off that persona of surgery, which yes, it is a surgery. You should treat it as a surgery in terms of your recovery and in terms of healing and taking it slow. But I don't think that we should treat it as a surgery when it comes to our mental and emotional processing of it. I think it was a birth, like you had a baby. And I know I even catch myself saying like, oh yeah, you know, when I had my surgery to have Emmy, and Mike will help me and he'll be like, no, like that was when you gave birth and it feels weird sometimes, but that's what I want us to start saying. Like I gave birth and I gave birth by C-section or I gave birth through a belly birth. Um, because it's true. It's true. And so, yeah, I just, I just want us to talk about it. I want us to feel, um, empowered in whatever our birth story looks like. And I want you to be prepared going into your birth or your future birth um, in that whichever way it goes or whatever your plan is, that you can be prepared either way and you can feel um, empowered and you can feel confident either way. So I just hope that this was encouraging to you. I hope that you can use this as a tool to either educate yourself, 
for a future pregnancy or a future birth or to help you process through a birth that you've already had. Thank you for listening to this episode in our Flip the Script series. Um, Please share this with anyone you know that is pregnant, that has um, had a C-section, or that is going to have a C-section, and let's just use it as a way to connect with each other and encourage each other. If you would like to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at Front Porch Life Podcast. And you can also support the show by using the link at the bottom of the show notes. We'll see you back here next Tuesday.